The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. What does it mean to have power? Where in our lives can we find it? Where in our bodies and where in our minds? Do we know that we have powers when others cater to our needs and desires? Are we powerful finally when we're famous? What do we do with power and how do we do it? Well, today we're going to answer some of those questions in an interview with Reverend Dr. Raymond Anderson. Raymond Anderson, excuse me. Raymond is a holistic transformational life coach an interfaith, interspiritual, and new thought minister. He's the founder and senior player in three different organizations, Believe, an American Sign Language theatrical performance company, the Guang Dian Fang Huang, hope I said that right, School of Martial Arts, and the Center for Living the Sacred Phoenix. He's a Reiki master and the author of Visual Music, Interpreting Songs in American Sign Language, and Moving Mountains, The Journey of Transformation. So he's going to come to us today to talk to us about power, that power especially that is inherently ours. So stay here for the full hour. You don't want to miss this one. Well, first I want to say welcome, Raymond, to the show. Uh, as I've said to you just before, you have lived an amazing, full life. Well, namaste and thank you very much. And yeah, what I said was uh, every now and then when I look back, sometimes it amazes me the journey that you know I started with and how... I mean, speaking of power, how as a child I was abused and had I was bullied and how I felt that I didn't have power to getting where I am now, where now I feel that I understand and I know what true power is. So it's very interesting. Absolutely. Go ahead. No, I was just saying it's, very, it's, a, very interesting, it's a very interesting journey. Yeah, yeah, and it has carried you to a lot of ways of facilitating that kind of power uh, in others. I don't know, we can't give that kind of power to others, but you certainly have, I'm certain, facilitated it. And one of the things I want to say for our listening audience is um, I know that perhaps some of you have not seen this man uh, perform in American Sign Sign Language, but it is one of the most amazing and moving experiences I've ever had. So... If you ever get a chance to see him do that, uh, you should actually do that because you will, uh, something shifts inside of you when you watch that kind of performance. So I want to, you know, thank you for that. Thank you very much. I'm honored. Thank you. Yeah, well, it's true. It's very true. So, okay, so let's talk about moving from being bullied to being empowered. How does that kind of thing happen? Okay, so let's see. So here I am in elementary school and middle school, and, you know, I'm bullied. And at some point, I decided that I needed to learn how to fight. 
So I have five older brothers, and I asked each of them to teach me how to fight because I figured that was the best way to deal with a bully was to punch him in the face. Mm -hmm. So my brothers, being who they were, would always say, yeah, we'll do it next weekend. And as the weekend came and went, next weekend always became next weekend and the next weekend and the next weekend. So it never happened. So at some point, my oldest brother came back from Washington, D.C., because that's where he was living at the time, and he took me to see a Bruce Lee movie. And it was, it was a done deal. I said, if I'm going to learn how to fight, punch somebody in the face. Wait a minute. If I can kick somebody, I want to <laughs> kick somebody. So I started studying martial arts. And that was a very interesting journey going from what I perceived martial arts to be to what martial arts actually is. And through that, I realized that true power isn't the external. It's not what your hands and feet and elbows and body can do. It's an internal thing. So through that journey and through a great deal of other things, I realized, um, and I'm not sure exactly when it happened, but I remember reading... Victor Frankl's uh, Man's Search for Meaning. And somewhere in there, he references how the Nazis were not able to take his power away. And I had no idea what this man meant. I'm thinking, you're locked in a concentration camp. You never know when death is going to happen. Of course they have power over you. But through that journey that I went through, at some point, the light bulb came on and I realized, ah, now I know what power really means. Right. So what does it really mean? Okay, so let's see. How do I want to explain? Because when, when we think of like the way the world tends to look at power, power as a noun or a verb or as a mathematical principle, whatever, it generally is seen as control over something or someone. Mm-hmm. And if it's power, if that's how we're defining power, then it's we have power versus the concept of, no, we don't have it, because if you have it, it can be taken. You have a car, someone can steal it. You have a house, something can happen to the house. If you have power, then someone who has more power has power over you. So true power is when you realize that, my analogy, it's almost like there's a tree, and the leaf falls from the tree. And as the leaf is falling from the tree, it is thinking, oh, my goodness, I'm not connected to the source of my power. I'm not connected to the tree. And the leaf falls, and it thinks it's going to die. And in its mind, quote-unquote, it it is going to die. It's going to wither because it's not connected to the tree anymore. And it falls on the ground, and it turns to ash, and it's gone. But in the grand flow of what nature is, it's not possible for the leaf, though separate from the tree, to be separate from what true power is. Because the leaf falls, it turns to, goes back into the soil, and it nourishes the tree that the leaf thought was its source of power. So in the grand scheme of things, our source of power or our authentic power is when we have a sense of knowing who and what we truly are. Because that can't be taken. That doesn't change with age. It doesn't matter what one's physical, mental, intellectual capabilities are. That power, it's always there. Right. So it isn't what we have, it is what we are. Exactly. Right. 
Exactly. Yeah, so that, you know, what you've described sort of is a, in a real brief, very brief, and, and I'm sure leaving out much emotional stuff that went on in your life. Um, but uh, you've described sort of that journey from external to internal that I talk so much about on the show that says, okay, what am I really? What am I really? Who am I really? What is that all about? And it, it, it sounds to me, and I think you are talking about that sense of being able to stand within yourself and make your own decisions based on what is inside of you rather than reacting to what happens outside of you. Precisely. That's exactly what it is. Yep. Because far yep. too often we think that well, I mean, uh, Gandhi or Martin Luther King Jr. or Mother Teresa, anyone that we see as being somehow being more unique or special, at some point in their own life experience, they reached a crossroads where they realized that if I continue to go along with the way things are going, things don't change. But they, they woke up. They realized who and what they truly were, and in that, they, they had the power to move forward, and that power to move forward changed the world. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and I think about that whole thing of uh, Martin Luther King and Gandhi, and in uh, particular those two images really are very powerful to me, that uh, in spite of what happened in the world, uh, well, not even in spite of, it wasn't re- relevant to what was necessarily happening in the world except as here's what I need to do now, here's what I need to do now, and here's what I need to do now, because that was in them to do. Exactly. And, I mean, to piggyback off of that, that's why Gandhi's quote, be the change. Mm-hmm. Be the change you want to see in the world. He's not saying, go do this, go do that. It has nothing to do with what you're doing, per se. It's what you're being, because in the moment of being true to yourself, being aligned with source, being authentic and transparent, that in and of itself is going to send the ripples of energy out. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And some people like to be around authenticity and some people are frightened of it yeah. and it, they are threatened by it. And they're going to do what they're going to do. And, you know, if you're authentic, you want to keep doing what you're going to do. So, yeah, so that transfers the, the energy from the external to the internal, where the focus of decision-making, the focus of res- responsiveness to the world is internal. Precisely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's very powerful. So, you know, w- when you were thinking about punching somebody in the face and then kicking them, <laughs> there's a real, <laughs> which I'm, we've all thought about it sometime or another, uh, what there, that transition, you said it started taking place in martial arts. So now you're a martial arts instructor and you uh, are a major player in that organization, which I may have screwed up the name. You, want to, no, you might want fine. to say that. Did, oh, did I? Okay. <laughs> but uh, uh, you, that, so say how that brought you to the internal, because most people think in terms of martial arts as um, an external, you're going to be like the guy, the. Bruce Lee that you mentioned, you're going to be able to, you know, move mountains with your fists. (laughs) Um, Okay, so uh, I'll I'll address this in two ways. So one, there I am, the bully person, studying martial arts. And it was very interesting that the more I learned 
And at that time, it was mostly the physical stuff. Although, well, from my instructors, I should say, it was mostly the physical stuff. However, there was a television show on way back then called uh, Kung Fu, starring David Carradine. And everything in the show, yes, he had his moments of fighting, but everything in the show was based upon the philosophy of Taoism and non-resistance and non-violence. So I'm getting this message while learning the strikes and the kicks and everything in the martial arts. So the more I learned through osmosis and actual practice, I started to notice that the bullies weren't showing up anymore. Now, like I said with Gandhi, there was nothing I did specifically. It's not like I walked up to them and said, if you take my Pop-Tarts again, I'm going to kick you. (laughs) Something shifted where they were no longer in my field of experience. And at some point I got really curious to know more about this. And then I started studying things like Tai Chi, which is an internal martial art, and uh, Qigong, which is an internal martial art. It's not dealing with the actual physical muscles and power and strength of, I can do a thousand push-ups. Just like Aikido, it's an internal martial art where you have greater, quote-unquote, physical power by not resisting the opponent's physical power. So when you get centered, when you know how to move from your center, whether it's physical center, emotional center, spiritual center, it actually builds the amount of internal energy you have. Your, your opponent, your bully, your whatever, no longer sees you as a victim because that whole mentality, that state of being, no longer exists. That's, right. that's one of the biggest shifts right there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I, and I, I think, you know, when that's the whole thing is that we're sending out subtle messages all the time about how we see ourselves. And even on an unconscious basis, we, we see ourselves. We may not even know that we see ourselves one uh, as, as a sort of somebody who could got, get got. Mm-hmm. But on an unconscious level, we definitely do, and we're sending out that information. I, I heard about a study of, of some psychologists who went into some prisons around the United States and showed videotapes of people walking to muggers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they uh, pretty much, uh, often enough to make it significant finding, they picked out the people who had an arrhythmic walk to bull to uh, to bully. Yes, to. <laughs> To a mug and to be victims. Yes, to be victims. And the arrhythmic walk is a walk that is walked by someone who's not real sure where they want to put their step, you know. Mm -hmm. And that that kind of thing is what's the world doing? Where do I need to step to respond to that? And it's that's kind of a victim thinking. And Mm -hmm. and uh, so yeah, those studies are very very interesting in terms of the energy we're sending out. So when we develop that internal shift, like you're talking about, that. Those those people that are bullies run. They want to pick on somebody smaller than them. They don't want to pick on power. Precisely. Yeah. I mean, I think of the times when when I was bullied. What was I sending out? And it was I was sending out lack of confidence. I was I didn't feel confident. I felt unworthy. I felt that I deserved to be beaten up on. I felt mm-hmm. I deserved to lose whatever it was they were taking. And until that changed, until that shifted, until I realized, wait a minute, I can be confident. I deserve to be confident. This is who I really am. It's not something I have to get. 
It's just something I have to acknowledge and be aware of. Just like authenticity. You don't be, quote unquote, you don't become authentic. It's already there. It's, Mm -hmm. It's part of our natural spiritual DNA. It's knowing that. It's, it's becoming aligned with that. Uh, I love the, the analogy or the story of the Wizard of Oz because at the end of the movie, Glenda tells Dorothy, you had the power all along. Mm-hmm. That's precisely our journey. We've had the power all along. Dorothy went along the yellow brick road, met the witch, got friends, etc., went through her trials and her challenges, all for Glenda to come back and say, you had the power all along. You had it before the ruby red slippers. You had it before you came to Oz. You just didn't realize it. That's, yeah. that's, that's what's up with us. We have to realize it. Yeah, absolutely. So that realization, you know, it sounds like what you're saying in terms of your journey of studying the various martial arts. It sounds like what you're saying, and you tell me if this is wrong, um, that just spending time inside yourself made you aware of that. Um, Whenever I'm teaching martial arts, uh, I often teach, by doing the physical activities, it opens you, it's a a form of moving meditation, whether it's Tai Chi or Qigong, even when I'm teaching regular blocks and regular strikes and stances, the first thing that we're accustomed to is our bodies. We are accustomed to getting up and walking and running and picking up a cup of coffee We're used to being in our body, per se. We're used to being in our bodies. Through learning how to control and be aware, I mean, just what you were mentioning about the arrhythmic step, in learning simply to walk confidently, it starts to make an internal shift. It's that whole concept of fake it till you make it or act as if. When you walk as a confident person walks, it starts to shift something in your mind. um, Someone did a study before with people who were suffering from depression and, you know, in studying how the people slouch and how they, their posture is down, just in getting them to sit up, raise their head, to look up, started to make an internal shift. So the more I went into who I was physically and became more aware of how my body moved, the meditation of movement started to take me inside because then I wanted to know, well, what makes my arm move? What Mm -hmm. gives me the ability to throw this punch and do what it does? Absolutely. Yes. Right. So, okay, well, we're going to talk some more about that right after the break. Stay tuned for more from Raymond Anderson. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. 
because shift happens. On the program Inside Out, our outsides match our insides. Join host Beth Green along with co-host James Maynard for an insightful weekly journey that lets us all be real with no boundaries. We'll discuss current events, interview amazing guests, challenge old ideas, and see ourselves and our world more clearly. It's about you as much as us. So you're invited to call in, write in, and most of all, tune in. Listen for Inside Out, live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the 7th Wave Network. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll-free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. You may wonder what the terms holistic theology mean. Well, theology is the study of the divine, and holistic theology is a holistic study of the divine that includes all religions and even transcends religion to get to the mystical core of them all. The American Institute of Holistic Theology offers doctorate, master's, and ministerial bachelor's degrees in chaplaincy programs with internship, NBCC approved continuing education and a brand new PhD program in holistic theology. AIHT's programs include degrees in the following, holistic theology offering as terminal degrees both a THD and a PhD, holistic ministries, holistic health and spiritual care, metaphysical spirituality and alternative spiritual traditions, which includes in-depth studies in the paranormal. Using a home study model for distance learning, the student of AIHT gets a thorough education in the field that fulfills and offers a chance to authenticate a unique gift for the world. What's most important to AIHT's model is the exploratory nature of studies that reach to the depths of all the world's religions, traditions, and paths. Utilizing as your text writing teachers, spiritual experts from all over the world, the coursework allows students to explore and find their own spiritual experience and path, and then if they wish, to take healing, help, and wisdom to others. So AHT is changing the world one student at a time. And all you have to do to enroll is either go to www.aiht.edu or contact admissions director Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. Again, if you'd like to enroll right now, pick up the phone and call 800-650-4325. You know, Oprah says education is the key to unlocking the world, a passport to freedom. Call and get your passport today. 
And today we're talking to Reverend Dr. Raymond Anderson about the power that is inherently ours. And one of those degrees, the PhD, came from the American Institute of Holistic Theology. Is that correct, Raymond? Actually, I have a Doctor of Divinity, which is no longer offered. Uh, that was many, many years ago. And I have my PhD from there as well. So I actually have two AIHD degrees. Wonderful, yeah. So, tell if you would, just take just a minute and tell the listening audience about your experience with AHT. Oh, there's, there is nothing that I could say that truly expresses how pleased I was from the very moment uh, I contacted Beverly all the way up until graduation and ordination and the work that I continue to do with them now. Um, everything, it's... The entire process, everyone is very communicative, uh, very supportive. I mean, any questions you have, because I've done the traditional in-school, you know, college thing. I have 10 degrees, so I've been in a classroom many times, and AIHT is it's an amazing program. I recommend it to anyone who wants to uh, study spirituality and expand their own wealth of knowledge and awareness. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, so we're talking today about power and what it is that power is and what it is that power isn't. And what we've discovered thus far is that power, real power, true power, is inside. It's not outside, and it's not something we can have. It's something we are. So, yeah, so I want to ask you, with, and you said, you said, uh, told the story for those who are just sort of coming onto the show now, you told the story of having been bullied as a child and moving from that to this new place of knowing that, that the power is inherently ours. And just before the break, you, we said that uh, you had spent time inside yourself and that was how you begun, began, began to know that power that is yours. So uh, you talked about being aligned with your own authentic power, and you talked about being aligned with spirit. Is that the same thing? Yes. Uh, for me, it is. I'm, for someone else, it may not be. Um, it may mean something else. I don't, even though for the sake of linguistic convenience, there are times that we may say things like, may God be with me, or... Uh, I'm co-creating with God or whatever. Um, and that's, and that, that paradox of being with God, I mean, it serves a purpose. Um, however, for me, there's this entire God is in me, with me, from me, for me, and moving through and throughout me and all of my experiences. There is nothing but God. There is only God. If, if we looked at, if God was H2O, the, the chemical compound of H2O, God shows up as water, as ice, as steam, as snow, as any other variation of that. And yet, the essence of it all, I mean, if a snowflake is speaking to a, a hailstone, they may perceive themselves as being separate and or different. And yet, the essence behind them is still the chemical compound, H2O. So God, water, it, it's one and the same. We, when we are aligned with self, technically that is God as us aligning with itself, recognizing itself in us, through us, as us. 
Beautifully said. That's a great analogy. Yeah, so so for you, you would say that the power that is inherently ours is the spirit that is inherently us. Exactly, yes. Right, okay. Yes. Yeah, and I feel the same way. And I, I think that, you know, one of the things I've seen is that as we um, move closer and closer to our own authenticity, which... By the way, I think that we can't really have an authentic spiritual experience until we have some kind of notion of who we are authentically. But the journey to get us to that authentic experience is also part of that uh, that recognition, that realization. So um, I I, want to say is that whole idea of um, power and empowerment, we hear people talking about empowerment um, as can we put that word into the sacred can we say the word empowerment in the sacred context we just talked about I think to a certain degree and I mean once again for the sake of linguistic convenience because people use empowerment in so many different ways and for each individual it's going to mean something different one says tomato another says tomato and you know somebody calls it a fruit somebody calls it a vegetable (laughs) So people are going to perceive it differently. However, for me, for my experience, you can't truly be empowered, truly empowered, unless you are in that place that you just mentioned. Unless you're in that place where, and I don't remember if it was Voltaire or not, um, who referenced, um, now I'm going to forget how the quote goes, that God is a circle whose circumference is nowhere and the center is everywhere. Oh, yeah, Mm mm-hmm. And that's yes. being empowered, mm-hmm. because in that place, you know that you know that you know. In that place, Absolutely. it's the whole Zen quote of, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. That's being empowered, because you're not trying to do something, you're not trying to be something, you're not trying to get something, you're, you're content. You can just be who and what you are. And in that place, that's when you're empowered. Beautifully said. Yep. Yes. So uh, transformation. You are a holistic transformational life coach. What does the word transformation mean to you? Being the person that I am, I love uh, superheroes, the entire archetype of their journey, the hero's journey. Transformation for me is, if I may use the example of uh, Spider-Man, because two of my sons is one of their favorite uh, comic mm-hmm. book characters. Um, and in, this, in the mythos of Spider-Man, Peter Parker's Uncle Ben tells him that with great power comes great responsibility. And Peter is like, yeah, 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 Uncle Ben, thanks very much for the advice, but no thanks. <laughs> and Peter goes about his business. Typical teenager kind of thing. And he gets bit by the radioactive spider and realizes he has, quote-unquote, these superpowers. And in his mind, in that point, he's very selfish, and he wants to, he was bullied, and he wants to show the world. And because of his pride and ego, Uncle Ben gets killed. And in that moment, Peter realizes, wait a minute, I had the power to save my uncle, and because I misused my power, misrepresented my power, it, it, I didn't do that. So he gets that shift of, now I understand that with great power comes great responsibility. That's the transformation that we all go through. We all hit a crossroads. We all have experiences that we call bad or call terrible. We 
we all go through our own hero's journey. And at various times, we are going to, it's inevitable, we're going to transform. I am not the same person I was when I was five. You're not the same person you were when you were 20. I'm not the same person I was yesterday. Each day there is some form of change or transformation happening. On this spiritual level, the level that I, when I'm coaching people, I find out where they are in their life and where they want to be. Because technically, the moment you can say that I want to be, I want to be 10 pounds thinner, the fact that you can conceptualize that in mind, it's already done. All you have to do is connect with that and make it manifest in life, if that makes sense. Sure, absolutely, yeah. I mean, so I what you're at, saying... Oh, sorry. Go no, go ahead. I was going to say, I look at uh, people like Orville and Wilbur Wright. They had the concept mentally of flight. The fact that they had this idea in mind, it was already done. They just had to figure out how to take that idea from their mind, from the place of spirit and make it manifest in their life experience, which now, how many planes fly a day? Thankfully to them expressing their purpose, their, this vision, this dream. Absolutely. And I, I think about that on a collective level as well, that, you know, how many people crashed and burned along the way while trying to, <laughs> trying to, you know, make that happen, make flight happen. Mm-hmm. But eventually it did happen. And because we conceptualized it, we kept trying to do it and we finally learned how to do it. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, one of the things that I was just reading about just yesterday about how we conceptualized walking on the moon and then we began to walk on the moon. <laughs> so it, mm-hmm. it's that same exact idea. Yeah, okay, so there are ways we can actually transform deliberately and then sometimes we find ourselves in the midst of a crisis that trans, that offers us transformation. And if we can kind of be with that, uh, be with who, what's going on inside of us enough, we are transformed. Is that true? Do I, did I say that correctly? No, I agree with that completely. I, I look at it the way the samurai sword is made. A samurai sword cannot be made without a great deal of pounding, a great deal of heat, a great deal of sharpening. A diamond is not made without great amounts of heat and great amounts of pressure. In those moments of what we call crisis or call hardship or uh, valley of the, the valley of the shadow of death, those midnights of the soul kind of moments, those are the moments that we have presence of mind to say, you know, at times we'll have presence of mind to say, I don't like what I feel right now. And as we go through it, however, that transformation that you mentioned, that's, it, it, it's a byproduct of it. Right, right, absolutely. And, and I really do believe that there's not, those major transitions, at least in my life experience, those major transitions, the ones that take us from the external to the internal and help us begin that journey, usually usually have a crisis component to them. Correct. Um, yeah. So, and then once we get into being able to sort of stand inside of ourselves and and make our decisions from inside there, then we can then we can begin to figure out how we can take what's inside there and then bring that back out into the world. Yeah. 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 So that's a, that's a skill we learn once we learn how to sort of walk around in the inner terrain. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Provided that we, because oftentimes, like I used to teach a public school and it was amazing to see 
the number of people, parents, and the number of children who simply follow along just because it's the way the stormtrooper is supposed to do or supposed to go, rather than saying, but I have a vision, I have a dream, I, I feel, I know what my reason is, and then stepping outside of the, the mold and moving forward from there. It's yeah. almost like the question that you asked about uh, being famous, do we gain power by become, once we become famous? It, no. <laughs> um, unless, <laughs> That's easy. I mean, it's, I mean it's, it's what I always tell people when I'm coaching them, re- referencing love or relationships. If you don't have love in yourself for yourself, you cannot love someone else. Right. Because you squeeze an orange, you don't get apple juice. You get orange juice. So unless you have love for you, appreciation for you, whatever you're giving that other person, you can call it love. You can call it joy or whatever, but it's not truly authentic because you don't love yourself. How can you love someone else when you don't love you? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that whole idea is is, uh, one we typically think of love in terms of what we give to other people and Mm -hmm. this is what I do for other people. Mm -hmm. But we just have this hard time with wrapping our heads around that notion that, Love, just like power, is who we are. Exactly. Yeah. And so we can absolutely love ourselves. And we, we come from, you mentioned being abused as a child. Um, we come from these difficult backgrounds and we think, well, I'm not going to know how to do that because I came from that. So how can I possibly get be any better or any different than that? Mm-hmm. And, and actually what we find out is that is not our origin. Right. There's something deeper inside of us that is our origin. We originate from something else besides that. Exactly. The conditions that we experience or grow up in, or even if it's present day right now, uh, being in an abusive relationship or in a quote-unquote uh, dead-end job or whatever, that does not define who you are. It never. It, it's not possible. It can be a stepping stone to that transformation that we spoke about, but mm-hmm. just because you're in this experience or this circumstance or situation does not mean that's who and what you are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so we can't that that's what transformational life coaching is, is about is about assisting people through those processes whereby they find deeper and deeper aspects of themselves. Precisely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we're, we're going to talk some more about uh, uh, this whole thing of transformation. And um, particularly, I want to talk with you about the American Sign Language and how that, how that has impacted your life and how you came to be doing that service for so many of us who okay. have delighted in it. And uh, so we'll talk about that s- some more right after the break. So stay tuned for more. We'll be right back. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. How can you make holistic health care work for you? When you are in search of wholeness, it's time to listen to Mind, Body, Spirit, Living a Holistic Life with host Renee David Alkali. 
Here you will find cutting-edge information that approaches the human being as a biochemical, individual, whole person, rather than as a set of isolated symptoms. Learn how it all comes together on Mind, Body, Spirit, Living a Holistic Life. Live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on 7th Wave. Explore subconscious programs, belief systems, and past life memories that may be sabotaging your life. Join host Dorian Light on her show, All About You, as she helps you to shift change and heal your life. Each week, Dorian does a light session using psychic energetics and the language of light to energetically shift and clear negative patterns you have stored regarding that week's topics. Step into the realm of infinite possibilities for your life. All About You airs live Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on 7th Wave. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Welcome back. We're talking today to Dr. Reverend Dr. Raymond Anderson, uh, an amazing person who has this amazing career doing 6,000 different things and uh, impacting other people's lives uh, in lots of different ways. And uh, um, what I want to do now before we go any further, Raymond, if, if you will, is tell our listening audience about how they might connect with you and what, uh, what kinds of things you're actually doing right now that they might be interested in hearing about. Okay, um, probably one of the easiest ways to contact me, uh, website would be www.raymont, R-A-Y-M-O-N-T, anderson.com. That's my personal website. Or go to www.clspfi.org. That's my spiritual center. Or www.whenyoubelieve.org. That's my American Sign Language Theatrical Performance Company. Or you can email me at RaymontAnderson at Yahoo.com. Those are probably the easiest ways to... Or Google me. I mean, I'll, I'll show up and then you'll find, you know, info and contact me that way. Great, great. All right, so uh, I wanted to talk about this American Sign Language thing a little bit because okay. that's one of the ways that I connected with you first. And uh, uh, at... When you uh, when I saw your performance at uh, an event we both attended, Correct. and um, so I want to ask you, how did you get involved with that, and you know what? How does that? How has that evolved? So I got involved uh, when I was five. I used to watch Sesame Street and fell in love with the deaf woman who was on Sesame Street, Linda Bove. And at five, put on my bucket list that I wanted to meet Linda. However, I had very strong stipulations that I did not want Bob. Bob was sort of Linda's uh, on-air interpreter kind of friend or partner. 
And I didn't want Bob to be there. I wanted it to be Linda and I sitting, you know, in Starbucks having tea and cookies and chatting about, I have important questions. Does Oscar the Grouch have legs? Never seen them. I want to know. So these are the kind of things I wanted to know. So many years later, I'm uh, in college this, for the second time. I'm getting my uh, bachelor's in um, art education, certified K-12. through And it's the last semester, and I already had 4,612 credits for that semester to make sure I graduated on time. And I'm going through the catalog, and I see manual communication. And I read it, and it sounds like sign language. So I contact the instructor, and true enough, that's what it was. I took the class. That progressed. I graduated. Then I went to take many other classes and then had the opportunity to become a sign language interpreter. So I went to interpreter training program. And while there, my mentor, uh, Dr. Brian Cerny, strongly encouraged me to become a teacher of American Sign Language. So I became certified to do that. Started my first performance company, STARS, which sticking together always results in success. We performed all over the place. And I developed a very interesting perspective on signing, specifically music, because I met many deaf people who hated music, because music, I mean, they can't hear it, so for them it was, that's a hearing thing, it's not a deaf thing. And in having many, many, many deaf friends and becoming an honorary deaf member of a deaf club, because hearing people weren't allowed, it was a deaf club, but they let me become a member as an honorary deaf person, and I learned that if you take the music and use the story element of it and sign the story the way a deaf person would sign a story, then music becomes accessible. So then I go to uh, Richmond, Virginia and study theater education at Virginia Commonwealth University, get my master's, start a new performance company, eventually move to D.C. and work with an all-deaf performance company as their interpreter and a guest performing artist, and at some point started a third performance company, which is now Believe, uh, being empowered, living inspired, exemplifying victory every day is what the acronym stands for. And knowing American Sign Language and becoming a member of the deaf community and an interpreter has afforded me a great many opportunities to not only share culture with people, but to share the beauty of American Sign Language and the energy that comes from what we do with our audiences. Beautiful, yeah. So that journey was one of of sort of, it must have been that your teachers really saw your gift and wanted you to go forward with it. It sounds like you got doors opened a little bit there for you. Oh, most definitely. I mean, there have been um, some amazing, I mean, I've interpreted at the Pentagon and uh the Kennedy Center, I mean, I've interpreted in a lot of places that had I not had that opportunity, I wouldn't have met. I mean, I, I ended up meeting Linda Bowe because I, so I interpreted. And uh, that, was, that was a whole funny thing because I forgot what my name was when I met her the first time. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but it, yeah, it's, it's afforded me a great many um, traveling opportunities to communicate with people not just not just with the American Sign Language, because knowing how to communicate in another language, almost by default, almost, almost by default, helps you communicate in your native tongue that much more, because you're more mindful of what you're saying 
and not just what you're saying, but the meaning behind what you're saying. Because in, in signing, using American Sign Language, we're not signing the words. We're signing the meaning or the concept of the word. So it makes me, for me, it makes me that much more mindful of what do words mean? What is the power inherent in those words? And what am I saying each time I speak? Yeah, and when I've seen you do it, you put so much of that power into your body because you make it a whole uh, body performance. I'm not saying that word correctly, but you're into dance with the, with your mm-hmm. communication about American Sign Language. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, that's, sure. and you are, you know, you one of the things that I would say in just watching you do that is that you are centered, you know, you can tell you're coming from your core when you do that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I do my, I do my best. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do, and you do it very well. So, yes, that the world is is noticing that. That's a very good thing, and I hope that this show helps the world notice it more. Um, So, okay, we were talking in the break. You said that there was some powerful experience that you wanted to share, so I want to hear about that. Now you got my curiosity going. (laughs) Okay, so we were talking about transformation earlier, and I'm going to just – this story is a pretty good example of transformation in my life. So I'm a student at the Art Institute of Pittsburgh, and through a variety of circumstances, I end up witnessing a murder and um, end up having to testify in court. And because of, once again, because of the manner in which I spoke, because of a choice of words, the prosecuting attorney said that I was basically not answering the question. So it it got held over and became a, a full trial. And through this whole process, my life was threatened. I was being followed and all kind of stuff. Mm. And so I couldn't take it anymore, and I started having suicidal ideations and went back to the school and wrote a long, lengthy letter to my counselor. I slid it under his door, and I was on the way out of the building when he, the academic academic advisor, the dean, and uh, an administrative assistant tackled me in in the lobby. Because they read the note and they heard the suicidal threat. Mm. In my mind, it wasn't a suicidal threat because what the letter said was, I'm leaving. I can't handle this anymore. I'm sorry for giving up. That's what the letter said. Now, hindsight, I can see the, the language. In right. my mind, I was leaving Pittsburgh and going to D.C. to stay with my oldest brother. So they tackle me. Someone outside saw three, three Caucasian men tackling one African-American Immediately, stereotypes, I became the thief. They call the police. Seven police officers show up. It turns into an all-out brawl. Mm. My martial arts came in. I kicked two officers, knocked them out, slammed another one, threw another one into a garbage can. I'm surprised. Anyway, so I end up succumbing and letting them handcuff me because one of the officers, I heard the click of his gun belt and realized he's getting ready to shoot me. So they handcuffed me and they asked, well, what did he steal? The dean said, steal? He didn't steal anything. He wants to kill himself. So they ended up taking me to a hospital for mental patients where it took me nine days to convince them that I really don't want to kill myself. This was fear and all this stuff. So through that, that process of being in a hospital, having to really look at what brought me here, because at first I was blaming, well, it's them, and it's the lawyer, and it's the people who are threatening, threatening me. And then I had to sit there with myself. My family wasn't there. 
the doctors at that time really didn't care. I was a patient. I wasn't Raymont. I was a patient. The other patients had their own issues. So I had to sit there and be with me in the solitude of that and ask, what did you do? What choices did you make that brought you here? And is this what you want to continue doing? And in that shift, in that thinking, in that going through all the lessons that I learned from Taoism and Buddhism that I was reading and my Christian background, I, I had to do some serious assessments and make some changes. And that was a huge turning point for me, huge turning point. That is uh, That question, what have you done to get you here? is one of the most profound le- uh, questions we can ever ask, I believe. And I, I do believe that. You know, I remember being uh, in a drug and alcohol treatment facility. I was working there, and one of the counselors who was working for me actually was uh, sitting in a group, and I was attending the group, and he said, you know what, your best thinking got you here. He was talking to one of the clients, mm-hmm. and I thought, wow, that's such an amazing thing to say. My best thinking got me here, but my best thinking isn't working anymore. So mm-hmm. it got me here. And, often, you know, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say oftentimes our best thinking is not the most effective or the most holistic thinking. Absolutely. So say some more about that. What does that mean? Well, I mean, okay, if I had, if I had known better, then I would have done better, just like the person who was speaking to that client. If the client had known better, they would do better in each, each given choice we make we're doing it from the best we can do for whatever reason that is we're doing it from our best Mm -hmm. sometimes Mm -hmm. our best is not the most it's not the healthiest it's not the most effective because in hindsight i can see the choices i can see and i can see now why i made that choice i can Mm -hmm. actually say well the reason i did this was i thought that would give me a but now i can see yeah of course that's going to give me q i understand that now I couldn't see that then. Looking at it now, I see the healthier choice would have been B because B would have afforded me L or whatever. So when we get to that place of centering that we talked about earlier, when we can get there, it's amazing that many of the choices that come to us, we see them holistically. We see them more effectively because we're seeing them authentically. And when we can see ourselves authentically and our choices authentically, it's easier to make the, quote-unquote, best, most effective, healthiest, and most holistic choice. Mm-hmm. So a holistic choice would be a choice that includes body, mind, spirit, soul, whatever else you Emotions, want to Emotions, all of it, yeah. yes. All of it, yes. It takes all yes. of it into account. Right. And that idea, what I think that focused idea does so much for us, Raymond, is, is uh, and we just have a few more minutes before the end of the show, but I, 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 what I think that really does for us is it gives us the responsibility for our life. Yes, because ultimately we are, we're the ones who are responsible. We want to say other people are responsible, and to a certain degree, yes, our parents are responsible for certain things in parenting us, but we are responsible for the quality and content of our lives, especially once we wake up to that and realize that. Yeah, absolutely. We're And, you know, I, I may get hit by a bus when I walk out of here today, but I'm responsible for what I do with that. Right. So, yeah, I might, I might not be able to control that bus, but I certainly do have some say-so about what I'm going to do after that. Right. So, yeah. So yeah. that... 
that whole that question is very life changing. It is uh, if we really take responsibility to ask and answer that question. What did I do to get myself here? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a very very powerful question. So I really appreciate you sharing that story with us because uh, in all the things that you've said and all the things that you've done today, what we've talked about is that whole concept of empowerment or power, personal power that is in alignment with divine. The divine self, the authentic self, however you want to talk about that, that is uh, sort of our, the pathway to, to um, deeper and deeper awareness and a fuller and fuller life, a more authentic life. So, exactly. thank you so much for being on our show today. I really do appreciate it. And I love talking with you. And uh, if you ever, listening audience, if you ever get a chance to see Raymond in action, please do it because uh, you'll be moved as I was. My so, um, Yeah, thank you for being on the show. And we're going to be back again next week at 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern with more on authentic living. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.